Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I'm incredibly excited for today's episode because it is the final episode before I go and run Manchester Marathon 2023. So just sit back and relax, and we'll just jump right into the episode. All right. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited and I feel like it's because there is a point where I wasn't entirely sure if I would be able to run this marathon, but I'm so excited to say that it's all happening as you guys have been following along and listening. It's been such a journey and honestly, if you had told me this was all going to happen when I had like initially signed up way back last year, I would have been like, what? Anyways, when you're listening to this, when I release this episode, I will be on the train to Manchester. So I'm so stoked. So I want to talk about how I'm prepping, how I'm going into race day, what the plan is, what the outfit will be, what the shoes will be. But before we get into that, let's talk through some highs and lows for the week. I feel like it's been such a long time since I did a solo episode just because I've had guests on the past few weeks, which has obviously been awesome, but you guys know how much I love just sitting down and chatting, so I feel like I haven't done highs and lows in such a long time, but I'm going to start with lows for the week. I feel like last week I definitely had some stresses in the week that were like both personal and work-related, and obviously that comes with like you know, just life in general. But I think especially with like the taper and just preparing for Manchester, it can be a lot to sort of juggle all of these things and emotions and just all that jazz. But it's it's okay because we got through that week and now this is going to be such a great week because I, I mean, obviously it's bank holiday weekend when I'm recording this, Easter bank holiday weekend. And then next week I am taking Friday and Monday off for the Manchester marathon. And so I've got some some really great time off coming up and then I'm pretty sure we have a bank holiday after that weekend and so just lots more time to rest and just rejuvenate because I feel like I've genuinely just been like very stressed at work lately and so I definitely need the time off and I'm one of those people that is notoriously bad at taking and using my own annual leave and so I'm trying to get better at that but that's just like a random little fact about me as an American working in London. I think I have the same sort of scarcity mindset around like clinging on to my annual leave or as we call it in America, PTO. And so I'm definitely trying to learn to get better at taking that annual leave. But my high for the week is I can't even talk about it yet. And I I hate saying that and I hate like doing that sort of thing because that's what I did with the whole like Adidas partnership. And but like genuinely it just like It's so exciting and I, when I got the email this past week, I just like freaked out and I couldn't believe it because like it just feels like one thing after another in like the genuine like best way and life has just felt like so crazy in terms of just like going zero to a hundred and 
one opportunity after another and just being surrounded by the absolute best people. And so I can't even really talk about that high, but obviously the high going into this week is that it's freaking marathon race week. And I'm so excited because it's been such a long time, but I also just can't believe that it's my sixth marathon and I'm just so excited and I am already starting to get some of the nerves and I'm so stoked to share this journey with you guys and it's gonna be recorded you guys know and if you don't follow me already follow me on instagram and tiktok at resiliency and running make sure to follow along because i'm going to be sharing a ton about this race week and obviously race weekend so make sure to stay tuned but without further ado let's just jump right into the episode right so Manchester Marathon 2023. I'm so excited and I'm going to do a Q&A portion of the episode. I always say this in my episodes, but if you ever want to submit questions, make sure that you follow me on Instagram. It's just at Resiliency and Running and I will regularly post like question boxes on my story and that's how I collect these questions. But before I go through some of these questions, I just want to talk about sort of the meaningfulness behind this marathon before I've even run it. And I think there's a lot to be said about like what I've gone through the past few months leading up to this marathon. And genuinely, when I started this marathon training block and restarted it again and again, because I kept thinking that I was recovered and then I was actually still injured, I could never have like foreseen what was actually going to happen. And I've not really spoken about it openly and I've talked about wanting to talk about it. And so I am going to open up in this episode and this is kind of going to be the one episode where I do open up and I want to share it here and I've wanted to share about it and talk about it because I am quite open on the podcast and sort of in general I like to talk about my own sort of hardships in the hopes that other people that listen can relate and I I only do so for that sole reason so there's no other purpose there's no other reason that I'm trying to talk about this I'm not trying to bash anybody and so yeah I guess if I really and genuinely and honestly talk about the months leading up to you know race day week being this week things have been really hard I've talked about how I got injured on December 1st. I rolled my ankle and sprained it. It was a grade A sprain. You guys know that part. And that sort of then turned into a strained perineal tendon. I feel like I've used that phrase so much in the past few months. And so I feel like a broken record. But basically, I sort of went through like I got into like mid or like I got to mid-December, I thought I was recovered, I thought I could come back to running, and I started to feel really sharp pain, and it wasn't until the new year where I could finally see my physio, and he diagnosed it as a strained perineal tendon, so it was, while it was great to know what it was and like have a diagnosis, it was also hard knowing that I couldn't run for a few months longer than I had, I had already kind of stopped running for a month, and keep in mind, I had, I've never broken a bone, I've never had a serious injury, so this really was like the the first serious injury for me. At the same time, I was going through a lot personally. I think the injury itself and sort of just not being able to run as a runner is very hard. And I'd say it's much harder mentally than physically. And I know that 
not all runners love cross training. I still am trying to learn to love it. And I think just the mental aspect of it is so hard. It's really hard to keep yourself motivated. It's really hard to keep yourself in a positive mindset, especially when there are a lot of unknowns. And as someone who comes from a background like myself, I really struggle when I feel that I don't have control over things in my life. And so that was a really hard time sort of for that reason. And there were other elements of my personal life that were really stressful. So I was also preparing to move to a new place with my partner at the time, who is now my ex-partner. And I will get into that. And a lot of you have sort of put that piece that together from some of the videos that I've done and shared on social media. Again, I've never ever wanted to be the person to feel the need to come on social media and like shout about my personal life and share it all online. But I think because you know, he was such a massive part of not only the videos, but I know that he's been in some episodes. And so I fully understood why I was getting questions about it. And it sort of just got to a point where I wanted to address it once and for all. And so I've done it on TikTok. I've done it on Instagram and I want to do it here. And so basically we were preparing to move to a new place. I, you know, I think like that on top of the injury, it was just, there were a lot of different stressors in my life and I had just started a new job. I was a few months in and really still learning the ropes and not having running as an outlet was really tough for me, especially during the holiday season. And you guys know, for those that have also sort of dealt with body image issues and eating disorders, that time of year can be particularly hard as someone who has been 10 years recovered, I still find myself struggling. And I want to say that also because I think that there's this misconception that if you like the longer that you sort of get away from your eating disorder and the longer that you sort of move away from that point in your life that like somehow that amounts to you being even more recovered but I'm just here to say that like at least for me that's definitely not true. I definitely struggle with those eating disorder thoughts throughout different points in my life and I I think like the recovered mindset in me knows that that tends to happen when I feel a lack of control in my life and so that was a particular part of time in the past few months where I just did not feel in control. And so I started to have those thoughts, but I was able to catch myself before actually really acting on any of them, which was great. But then sort of going into the new year, I think I was really hoping that, you know, we could start the new year fresh and on a new foot. I was sort of slowly starting to do some sort of running again and I was working really closely with my physio, seeing him weekly. And so I I felt like slowly but surely I was making moves towards being recovered from my injury. And then at the end of January, the weekend that my ex-partner and I were meant to move to our new flat is the same weekend that I was completely blindsided and he broke up with me. It was completely out of the blue. It was incredibly hard and it's hard, especially when it's someone that you love and the first person that you loved. And I think that, you know, I'm, I'm happy to share that because, you know, I've shared about my dating experiences and how they've not been great. And so I think, you know, going through my first serious relationship, I really did learn a lot. And 
that was a moment that was really hard, really tough. And I had never felt more lost, I think. I think that, you know, you you tend to compare your hardships with other hardships in your life. And I think that nothing compares to whatever you're going through in that moment. And sort of being left alone, especially in that flat that was our first home together and had all these memories I think that week in particular was probably one of the hardest weeks and I I think that a lot of people could tell that I was going through a lot on social media because while I do post every day it's really hard to convey like a happy person and a happy sort of lifestyle when really like everything feels so just so lost and I had no idea what I was going to do I was desperately searching for housing but I think I was really good about sort of trying to start the day positively and you know go and do whatever walk run I was permitted to do by, by my physio or go to the gym and I really threw myself into work I said yes to a lot of projects so I am now handling a lot of projects coming off the backhand of that and but I really found it particularly hard in the evenings when I really was forced to be by myself in this flat in our first home together and I think that it just it goes to show that you really truly never know people and you really truly never know what is going on in their heads and what they're thinking about and you know while I wanted to fight for it so badly I think that now coming out of it I really have learned a lot about both myself and the relationship and I'm really grateful for the experience I'm really grateful for you know everything that I learned from it because I feel like coming out of it I've learned so much more about myself I've regained that independence that I really was actually sort of that I had really actually lost I feel in the relationship and I really in the end was kind of searching for it again and felt like it was something that I had lost and you know that's not to say that like I ever felt that I wanted to end the relationship to gain back that independence. I think that people can definitely be independent in relationships. And I think that that's something that I definitely want to try and learn for whatever my next relationship is. But I think it was so important for me to not really tell anyone and sort of keep it to myself and really process things. I can't tell you how lucky I felt in that week to be surrounded by such incredible friends who dropped everything to like drive from their homes to come and just like comfort me, have dinner with me, that would come and bring ingredients for a pizza and come and get coffee or tea with me just friends that are so out of this world that I am so grateful for and I genuinely don't know where I would be without them and I think I could cry I honestly could cry right now because having gone through what I went through I truly have not felt that low in quite a long time and it was really hard to pull myself back out and it really took I think the support of loved ones and friends and my family being as far away as they are still just dropping everything at like random hours whenever I would call them and my brother was so amazing you know even though he works full-time just like telling me like okay like these are the hours that I'm available call me whenever and my parents. I don't know why I feel like I'm like listing off these people as if I'm like giving a thank you speech, but it is really emotional and it's really 
big thing that I feel like I went through that still feels shocking to know that it was only a few months ago. But when I say that like everything after that hard moment in my life, when I say that I just like, I don't know what, you know, I I do consider myself Christian. I believe in God. Today's Easter. And, you know, I think more than ever, I really, really reached out to God and I was praying a lot. I was just, you know, and I think that there's a lot to be said about like, you know, some something watching over you, something that's got a plan for you because the way that my life has worked out since then, the way that I was able to come out of my injury so much stronger than I think I ever was before as a runner, the way that I was able to train for a marathon in six weeks is nuts to me. The way that I got a partnership opportunity with Adidas is nuts to me. And just the people that I have met and been supported by along the way, I feel so privileged, but also just so lucky and so grateful and ultimately so happy because I'm so focused on how grateful I am and thankful I am for the things that have happened. And that's really such a big perspective that I try and keep on the hardships that I do go through in life, not just breakups with my eating disorder, with even my sexual assault, as weird as that sounds. I do truly see those things as, you know, while they were hardships that I went through, they're things that I'm able to openly talk about on the podcast and share with you guys. Because I know that somewhere, somehow, somewhere out there, there is someone listening that is going through something similar that, you know, feels lost similarly. Because I've seen your messages and I love getting your messages. And when you share like your own personal experiences, it means so much to me. And that's purely the sole reason that I share, you know, some of these personal things on the podcast. And it just means the world that I get to connect with you guys in that way. And so I feel incredibly privileged to be sitting here recording this podcast and telling you that I was able to train for a marathon in six weeks and that I have never felt more ready for a marathon. And that that feels so crazy to say, because again, I had I've only been training for six weeks, but I just feel like ever since Cambridge half, you know, when I shared that episode, that half marathon, getting like signed off from injury and being cleared and released and being told by my physio, yeah, you can go and run that half marathon in five days time was crazy. But then just like, I remember like being so close to the finish line and being just like breaking out in tears because knowing what I had gone through in just the month before, it meant the world to me that I could be running a half marathon and back in a race atmosphere and back where I genuinely feel is just like the place where I'm meant to be because I love running so much and I'm so passionate about it and I love sharing that love for it on this podcast. And so this is a really long-winded, I guess, way of sharing that I am just so grateful and that I can't believe that I get to go and run Manchester this weekend, this upcoming weekend. And I feel so fortunate and just so lucky to be surrounded by some of the most incredible people and I am going to shut up now before I let this episode go on too long, but I just want to say thank you if, you know, you've messaged me in the past few months, if you have just reached out to ask if I'm okay, 
I have so appreciated every single message and I really appreciate this community that I feel so amazing, so genuine, so like every single park run that I have, it feels so intimate and so special and I feel so genuinely lucky to have that. And so I never take this community for granted and I love everything about resiliency and running, everything that it entails and I just feel so passionate about it and I just feel so grateful. And so again, I'm going to shut up now because I probably could go on and on forever and then I'm just gonna be crying because I'm an emotional wreck you know and so let's just get into some of the questions and now like divert to something a little bit more constructive and positive (laughs) so I did get a couple of questions come through from the Q&A again if you ever want to ask questions just go and follow me on Instagram at resiliency and running so first question is How did your taper look like this marathon? Anything that's different this time around? Massively different. I, for one, I'm going to say that I think having a coach has made the world of a difference and I would highly recommend it to anyone that can and has the ability to get a coach because I know that financially that's not the, like, that's not an opportunity that's available to everyone. And so, but I think when I compare it to the last five marathons that I've run and sort of like the training that I've done, you know, those 16 to 20 weeks, those, I think that with some of the free plans that you find online, it's definitely it's it's risky and I think that it but it also depends on what your goals are and so before with my last five marathons while I've always been chasing a sub four I've never been that serious about it if that makes sense and so even when I was training for Berlin yeah I wanted a sub four at Berlin but I didn't incorporate any speed workouts I purposely chose a plan online that did not have any speed workouts because I couldn't be bothered and I think I was just like I don't know I just in a way I I was just like I'm just gonna be lazy and I'm just gonna do this plan that has like no speed workouts and does not challenge me in any way shape or form and obviously that's what brought me to get 410 and I'm not saying that that's a bad time either but I mean I think a coach really helps challenge you in ways that he he or she can sort of analyze and see where and how you need to be challenged. And especially like when you talk about things like pace, that's not stuff that you can determine online. It's stuff that your coach will know and be able to guide you and coach you through. And so it's been so cool to really sort of get into it these past six weeks with my coach. And it's awesome because we're constantly checking in and he's asking me how I'm feeling. And it's always been about more, how am I feeling? And just assessing and making sure that I'm okay, because he would definitely rather have me not injure myself again rather than injure myself I think in general as well just to add to the training it's also been very different because if you follow me and watch some of my daily videos from before my injury I used to train like six days a week and when I say train I mean run I used to run like five or six days a week and this these six weeks I've only run four days a week and so the other days I'm either cross training or resting but that has just meant that I've had more quality runs that rather than quantity and so rather than my coach like trying to you know jam in as many as much mileage as possible in the six weeks he saw it as more of a smart way to have less runs but have them be really high quality make sure that we're doing you know the right speed workouts doing the right paces for me and challenging me but not too much so that we're not pushing that injury too much even though it is recovered and so it's definitely looked different and the taper itself 
I think, you know, I just did my last long run today. That was 10 miles. And obviously taper is going to look different for everyone. But for me, it's just been still sort of doing a bit of training, but not too much. I think just because I didn't have as much time to train for the marathon, but it's definitely felt like a really good taper and sort of going into this week, obviously not going to be running very much at all. And yeah, but I guess that's kind of also that answer sort of turned into like a, this is what my experience has been so far with my coach, but I know that I've also gotten questions about that before too. So yeah, I would highly recommend it if you have the means to get a coach, 100% do it. And if you ever want to ask me more questions, feel free to message me. I am an open book. Next question is, what shoes will you wear? I am so excited for these shoes. So I got very kindly gifted the Adidas Adizero Adios Pro 3s. And they've been so amazing. And genuinely, when I say that, like, I genuinely do love these shoes. I know that they were gifted, but I've been like testing them out every single long run and speed session to make sure that these are genuinely going to be the right shoe for me to just feel right and you know run as quickly as I can to get that sub four these honestly feel so amazing they're so light and they also still have that carbon plate and they're just such a good shoe and I'm so excited to be running with the marathon in them and they're just so they're so beautiful too and I'm just really excited about them but those are the shoes that I'm going to be running in for Manchester Marathon the next question favorite apparel and favorite playlist okay favorite apparel that's a tough question I feel like if we're talking race day I feel like my ideal outfit and what I'm thinking and I've not like totally like hammered down to the nitty-gritty detail like exactly what I'm wearing but I feel like my go-to for marathons has recently been biker shorts. I used to be a leggings girl and I am also someone who gets cold very, very easily. So I'm trying to teach myself not to like jump the gun and wear like layers on layers on layers because obviously everyone tells you to dress for your second mile. And especially with a marathon, you get extra warm because obviously you're running for a much longer amount of time. And so I feel like for the marathon, I'm gonna be doing some sort of a mix of biker shorts, high socks with the shoes, obviously. And then I'm torn between a tank and a short sleeve shirt, but I've also been really considering arm sleeves if I do wear a tank. And this is going to be the first time that I feel like I'm dressing with less material. I feel like typically I wear much more material with the exception of races that are held in the summertime. I guess when I compare it to like winter races, it's just been very different. And also what the weather forecast at the moment for Manchester next Sunday is not looking great. I'm seeing rain and I want everyone that's listening to this to do a rain dance to shoo the rain away because I am not running a marathon in pouring rain. Thank you very much. I will definitely be wearing a hat of some sort. I feel like a hat is a staple for me just to like sort of like I feel like in a way a hat really like gets me in the zone and I feel like in a way it kind of like hides me away from people if that makes sense. Like not that it actually like like people can still see me obviously but I feel like in a way like I feel like if I'm like really in the zone and I'm or I'm like really struggling I sort of like pull my hat like further down 
So I feel like I'm kind of like hidden in it, even though I'm not, if that makes sense. But favorite playlist, I will link it in the show notes. I think I've talked about it before, but I've had this like running playlist that I've just continuously added to since like 2018. It's also called Resiliency and Running. And I mean, obviously this is how you know that I knew that I wanted to have a podcast called Resiliency and Running because I have a playlist named after it. And the cover photo is taken from my very first marathon. That was a trail marathon. And whenever I see it, it just reminds me that I can get through hard things and that I got through a really hard trail marathon that I didn't know was a trail marathon. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go and listen to the episode because it's a great episode. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's my favorite apparel and favorite favorite playlist I will also say that a recent addition is definitely I've been loving my Solomon belt and I'm definitely someone that used to be very reliant on hydration backpacks but I've talked about it a few times Manchester's going to be the first time that I don't wear a hydration backpack and this is for a number of reasons number one I think I just never actually like properly hydrated myself in the lead up to a marathon so I'm just going to be on the electrolytes this week every single day And I also find that I typically at marathons, I never finish, I never actually finish the hydration vest. And so like, why be carrying that for 26 miles, especially when there are water aid stations, when you're running big city marathons, they're like every three miles. And so I feel like I just want to try it out and I'm just going to be wearing the belt. I'm going to be bringing Morton gels. I've been loving those and that's kind of, kind of be the plan, but I'm going to be relying on the water stations for water and yeah that's kind of the plan and I feel like that's turned into now every single thing that I'm going to be doing for race day rather than just my favorite apparel next question how did you find a photographer so if you follow me on Instagram and or TikTok you would have seen some pretty incredible videos and photos from no one other than Gabriel and if you were on TikTok you would probably know him he did a lot of training videos last year when he was training for Budapest Marathon and so we sort of met through the Run Talk community and ever since I feel like we've just really especially recently I think we were both coming out of injuries at the same time and so we've just been like connecting a lot more and it's been really great working with him and just like it's so cool to like work with someone who also really is passionate about like you know content creation and social media and so it's been really fun it's been a lot of early morning shoots because both him and I work full-time jobs here in London but he has been incredible and I'm so grateful to him because he is insanely talented and if you haven't yet make sure to go and check out his Instagram and TikTok because He's definitely just super talented, but that's that's how I found Gabriel. He's not like my like personal photographer. I wish he was, but um, he's just been helping me with a lot of the Adidas content creation, which has been such a blessing. Next question, what are you eating in the days before? So I know that it's a little bit controversial. I know that some people are very into like carb loading and just like dramatically increasing the amount of carbs that they have before you know a big race whether it's you know a half marathon marathon I am someone who typically would rather just stick to what I know and not try and change up my diet too much I've heard Diane talk about this on TikTok and I strongly agree that it's you know while yes like you should have more carbs and include more carbs where you can which is what I've been doing anyways I don't think that it's 
something that I want to focus on too much. And I don't think that I need to be like dramatically focusing on, you know, changing my diet completely in, you know, the week leading up to race day. Obviously I'll have like, you know, the pasta the night before, and I've just been having more pastries and, you know, carby treats here and there. But other than that, I'm not doing anything like totally dramatic to change my diet because to me, and this is what Diane was saying as well, just like if your diet's been working for you during training, why would you change that in the lead up to the marathon? You know what I mean? But that's just what I'm doing. And that's sort of my two cents on it. I know that people are different. I know that people, you know, measure like, you know, the amount of carbs, like grams of carbs that they're having per I don't even know what like measurement or math that they do but I've seen stuff around that and for me that's just not really something that I focus on and I just like to kind of stick to what I know so that is what I'm doing as prep Next question, how do you keep yourself in check mentally during marathons? This one is a tough one because I would argue that marathons are a lot tougher mentally than physically because, you know, even if you're running a big city marathon, at the end of the day, it's really like you are your biggest cheerleader. You have to motivate yourself to keep going. You know, these people can keep shouting your name or shouting at you, cheering for you. But at the end of the day, you have to be the person that pushes yourself to keep going. And I think that especially when you are running a marathon and you, for example, hit things like the wall, the very notorious wall at 20 miles, I feel like I've hit it so many times and it's so hard to avoid. I feel like it's, I feel like it's unavoidable, honestly, at this point. But I think for me, I always like to remind myself of like really hard things that I've been through, really hard things that I've overcome. So obviously you already know that this, this marathon is going to be very emotional, but at the same time, it's going to be easy to be like, come on, Liz, you've, you've been through a lot the past few months. Let's, let's push ourselves a little bit further. And, but I think at the same time, I also like to think of people like my grandpa Jack, who was a distance runner as well. And he passed away a few years ago. And so that always really gets me as well. I think that everyone has their thing in terms of like motivation. And I think for me, I always sort of like, I I really find myself digging deep and I find myself sometimes even talking out loud to like my legs and just being like, shut up legs shut up. <laughs> no, my knees don't hurt. I'm, I'm just not like, and I'm like out, like out loud being like, no, stop hurting. No. And I will like literally like put my hands on my legs to like make them keep going. Like you go through so many hard moments and a marathon is so long. And so I think it's really important to make sure that you are in check with yourself and just making sure that you're checking in, making sure that you're feeling okay. And I think that part of that as well is you know, I think that some people are very strategic about like when they drink water and have fuel during a marathon. Personally, for me, I would much rather listen to my body and know sort of and like feel those cues from my body in terms of like hunger. I think for me, hydration is always important. And, you know, that's definitely going to be included in like, you know, what I have in the lead up to the marathon, just a lot more electrolytes, a lot more water. But even during, I, I don't really believe in like limiting your water intake to be like only every three miles or something. I understand that people do that with fuel. And, you know, I typically will take a gel every four to five miles, but you know, at the same time, I've had quite a lot of races where I start to feel really sick after like the third or fourth gel. And I'm like, "Mm, 
maybe not the fifth gel because I feel like I might vomit. So maybe we'll try like some chews or something different and mix it up. And so that's sort of what I like to do. I feel like this is kind of veering away from the topic of the question. But yeah, I think mentally checking in with yourself is so important and being able to be your own cheerleader and remind yourself of how far you've come. Remind yourself of how strong you are. Remind yourself of how many training sessions your body has been through to get you to this day I think is so important because there's a lot to be said about how much harder the training is than the actual race day itself but at the same time you can do so much training and there are so many things that are out of your control on race day so like while I'm going into this being like yeah I want a sub four realistically I cannot just like you know say like yeah I'm definitely going to get a sub four there are a number of things out of my control honestly if it pours rain it's going to be really hard to keep motivating myself but I think that it's just important to at the end of the day be kind to yourself and remind yourself that you are doing something that not a lot of people do and it's something like one percent of the world will ever run a marathon and like even that percentage is like you know they'll run one marathon and so if you if you ever go into like your second your third your fourth you are like of like such a small percentage of the world doing a massive thing and so I think as well during a marathon absolutely big yourself up and like cheer yourself on be your biggest cheerleader and just constantly remind yourself of how strong you truly are next question are you going to do anything differently for this race week from your other marathons I yes I'm actually going to be getting a sports massage as well as seeing my physio which is very different to any other race week and it's mostly because I do have a very exciting collaboration in the works, but I also do want to see my physio just before to make sure that I am okay, that everything is okay, everything feels okay, but I feel like it's like that checkup to be like, let's just like, you know, check the engine, make sure everything's all right, like that I don't have anything like, you know, pressing or anything that I'm not, you know, attending to. I've also heard really good things about people who get a sports massage in the week leading up to the marathon. So like, you know, in the days before, and I think that that's going to be so helpful for me. I mean, knock on wood, and I will report back on social media, but I am someone who tends to get like, when I get nervous for a race, a lot of my nerves transfer to like my muscles and my muscles get really tense and really achy, even though I've like not run very much that week. And so I'm really excited for this sports massage and I feel like it's really just going to help my muscles relax. I personally have also never gotten a massage and so I'm not, don't, don't take my word for it because I, I still have to go and do it and like I'll report back. But I think I'm definitely looking forward to it in terms of just like making sure that my muscles and my legs and limbs are nice and, you know, limber and just like ready to run a marathon. And I am definitely going to be obviously practicing lots of rest and recovery. Um, So that's nothing different from before. But yeah, I'd say the only things that are different are obviously just like regularly incorporating a physio from here on out. And so that's going to be like just a regular thing even beyond the marathon. But the sports massage is definitely something that is new this time around. Last question. (laughs) What is it like knowing you have so many people behind you supporting you? This is so sweet. I mean, it just goes back to what I was saying in the beginning. I feel genuinely so, so grateful. And I think it's so cool that there are so many people that listen to the podcast that also follow me on, you know, social media because I post all these videos about my training. And so it means the absolute world that there are like 
you know, so many people and like mostly strangers on the internet that I've either never met before. And, you know, I hope, I wish that I could meet everyone. I, w- I truly do. And I love park runs for that reason, because I feel like I can connect with you guys in real life, but it means the absolute world. And I feel like that's definitely going to be something that I'm going to continuously remind myself of during Manchester and just knowing that there are so many people that have been supporting me the past few months and that truly love me and care for me. And yeah, it just goes back to what I was saying prior. It means the absolute world. And I feel so genuinely lucky and so genuinely grateful. And yeah, that wraps up the questions because I'm going to get emotional. And I just want to say again, a big massive thank you to everyone that continues to listen to the podcast. We just hit 47,000 listens and I feel so grateful for this platform that has really kind of kickstarted all of this in terms of the social media behind Brazilian scene running, you know, this all started with me sitting down in my parents' house in 2020 and just like talking into my headset, not even an actual microphone. And so to see what's transpired from it means the absolute world. And I hope that this episode encourages you in some way and inspires you because I truly feel inspired by a lot of you that have been following along and share your personal stories and have been so kind to me in the past few months. So thank you so much. And I'll see you after Manchester. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. As always, I will leave links in the show notes for ways that you can connect with me and also links to things mentioned in the episode. But thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to record the post-race episode. So stay tuned and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.